it's certainly no Arkham. Okay. Well, <laughs> obviously. Okay, let's start now. We're starting now. Welcome to the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode number 71. I am your host, Jared. And this... Oh, wait, shit. It's 72. God. <laughs> I'm not starting over. Welcome to episode <laughs> 72, which is way better and not ever to be you know mixed up with 71. We've been on the, we've been on the phone for 15 minutes now. Yeah, it's... It's taking its time. Um, anyway, somehow, somehow, I have with me Mr. Lucio Lorenzino. Hello. Mr. Doug Wilson. Hello. I don't get what vines are. <laughs> Senior Doug Wilson. Uh, I have Michael Mahoney. Vines. And I have Jay Joseph Jr. Has anyone had, like, these grandma's soft cookies? They're really good. The pink, like, a like the pink one? Butter. Oh, peanut yeah, butter. Yeah. I'm eating peanut butter right now. I had I had oatmeal raisin last night. They're actually pretty good. Is this like the first time you've had those? I feel like those are kind of a, a like gas station staple. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Aubrey kind of got me hooked on them. You used to eat those all the time, Jared. I did. I used to buy. Them. Oh, did you? I used to buy them out of the vending machine at high school, and look at me now. So a lot of well, guys that did. Probably it's probably a good thing I didn't discover it until I was 32, huh? I'm sure I got a lot of vitamins <laughs> and nutrients out of them. I just also got a lot. Yeah, of... they're like they're like supplements. Got a lot of other, you know, like terrible things from it. So. They've got raisins in them. How much healthier do you want them to be? I mostly blame <laughs> Pepsi Blue, but yeah, like if I could, if I could get a Pepsi Blue, oh my god, a Pepsi you, Blue out you, of the vending machine and like and like those uh, those uh, peanut butter grandma's cookies, that would be. So you willingly drank Pepsi Blue? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I actually liked Pepsi Blue because I was like what sixteen, so I think anything would have been acceptable. I bet you you drank Livewire Mountain Dew too. Oh yeah, Livewire uh, was was pretty hot shit. Um, uh, really, kids awesome. these days have the Sprite <laughs> Lebron remix. I mean, what what is like the last? Like, it feels like soda manufacturers used to be really crazy and and always like putting out a new ridiculous stupid soda. You know and, what I loved when I was young and and am surprised is actually still kind of around. It's uh, vanilla Coke. See, that's not a gimmick though. Like, like Pepsi Blue's so, such a hard, like, <laughs> crazy gimmick. And uh, I can't we live think in a of, world where you have Mountain Dew. I can't think of like a, I can't think of a drink like that anymore. Really, like, you can think of Mountain, Mountain Dew that tastes like Doritos. Mountain Dew still there's, does it all the time. No, but there's yeah. not a Mountain Dew that tastes like Doritos. You're exaggerating. Yeah, well, there was. There was not. Was there? No, there they wasn't. Really, no, they really did. I really don't believe mm-hmm. that. They tested <laughs> it like <laughs> a college. They actually did it. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Mountain and then, Dorito. And then they did the they did the reverse as well. They did Mountain Dew flavored Doritos. Oh god. There's even a Bloomberg article about it. Yeah. And and Bloomberg is 100% factual all the time. Mountain Dew still does weird flavors. Yeah, Mountain Dew has contests for weird flavors. They called them Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a racial slur for like Mexicans. <laughs> Oh, well. speaking of, I'm offended even if it wasn't a racial slur. Speaking, speaking of, of racial slurs, I think it, I think it would be less offensive as a racial slur than a soda. Doritos. <laughs> well, okay, I have a confession. I actually like uh, Mountain Dew Whiteout that they came out with. Oh yeah, Whiteout was pretty good. Um, I think my favorite was always uh, Voltage. Is that it? Oh God, Pitch Black Two. The Raspberry Pitch Black one? Two. God damn it. <laughs> Pitch Black. Pitch Black Pitch, Two. Pitch Black Two. Not one. Okay. Pitch, see, pitch black, light, pitch black, Livewire, and and Cold Red all taste like cough syrup, like different flavored cough syrup. All right, I cold guess. Red's like the cherry flavored cough syrup. 
uh, Pitch Black was your grape flavored cough syrup, and Live Bar was your orange flavored cough syrup. See, that's why Pitch Black Two is good because it was like super sour. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Pitch Black Two is yeah. different than Pitch Black One. I, <laughs> I do have to. I do have what's to say r- about. What's really good that one? I have to say Mountain Dew Voltage literally gives me a headache. Ah, I mean it's it's so like sugary and I could see why. I could see like I, I it's one of those things where you drink it and like your teeth hurt. And you're like, "Oh." <laughs> you can feel it like just making cavities right then, like a live action cavity creator. So, so was anyone was anyone ever super into their faction in World of Warcraft like, you know, how people would wear jerseys and hats of their faction and all that oh kind of i shit. remember they took out the uh, mountain dews with the well yeah that's what i so that's what i'm getting at right the mountain dew um you had the mountain dew horde faction and then you had the mountain dew alliance faction and the horde one was much better you the thought horde the horde one was much better i actually thought the alliance was a better flavor and i actually hated that because i you know <laughs> my character's on horde it's like man i feel like such a traitor drinking my mountain dew my alliance mountain dew See, I was Alliance, and I thought the Horde one tasted way better. <laughs> but maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe whatever the you, opposite you two should of get married. Is, is that Romeo and Juliet? <laughs> it's legal here now. We can. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, People who like different sodas can get married. All right. Well, let's. <laughs> Not let's, in my America. Let's wrap. Let's wrap this up with. Uh, as long as they don't both have penises. <laughs> let's wrap this up with best best Dorito flavor. Go. Cool Ranch always. Doug. So I have spicy meat. sweet chili. It is. It's spicy sweet chili. Good job, Doug. Uh, you got the right answer. Spicy sweet chili is pretty good. It's when you open the bag and there's nothing inside. <laughs> A manufacturing mistake. <laughs> yeah, manufacturing that's, favor. That's the best Dorito. Doritos are disgusting. Yeah, those are the days. Not spicy sweet chili. Oh, good God. Well, anyway, Lucio, what was your favorite Dorito flavor? I want to make sure we got everybody. Dorito flavor? Yeah. You know, uh, have you ever had a Dorito? I, I, like, I know that you're I know that your five star I know your five star <laughs> chef wife is making you delicious. He has a five star he has a five star chef wife. She probably makes her own Dorito city in the country. Yeah. I don't know what uh, Dorito is. He, he, you know, he's not gonna go What's get it? Doritos, he's gonna go get fucking nachos. <laughs> is it some kind of uh pheasant food? <laughs> So imagine you took a tortilla chip and then you just like rubbed it on the ground in like the uh, carpet of your car. I think you just dip it in MSG. Just pure <laughs> MSG. Yeah, that's a Dorito. Oh, why you guys gotta be hating on Doritos? They're I don't eat Doritos anyway. I eat Sun Chips. Yeah, sun, onion oh, because that's oh. so much better. They are so much better. Yeah, I don't want they this taste, to be the. This is already. So this is already pretty much the snack cast. But I have to ask: Have you had cinnamon Sun Chips before? Uh, no, they not. sound like they might be pretty good. They're pretty good. They're like little churros in a nice in a chip bag, but they're so, very hard to find. Last year, Lay's potato chips had a cappuccino flavored potato yeah, chip. Yeah, they did. And it I bought was, them. I was on I was on a film set, and I bought them. And everyone on the set eyed them suspiciously, but everyone wanted to try it. It's like, I well, mean, I'm glad you bought it. Vile? Try one. Ugh, they're terrible. So okay, um, have, I, have, I had them, and I don't remember them being particularly good. Like, so okay, they had a few. They had a few flavors. So they had a wasabi ginger, which wasn't too awful, but it's something I couldn't eat as a normal thing, right? Mm-hmm. But the absolute worst one didn't come out this summer, but it came out last summer. It was uh, chicken and waffles. 
Oh, oh yeah, that one was pretty. That one's pretty awful. There was a sriracha it's, it's one vile. that was okay. Yeah. Of <laughs> course, because there's a sriracha everything. Isn't there? I'm, God. I'm looking forward to this summer's flavor, the blood of Christ. <laughs> oh no, that's exciting. Ooh, very timely now. That would be good Easter. for Easter. Oh, didn't we? Did, didn't we, you guys wish me a happy Easter? I didn't celebrate Easter this year. Um, I mean, I don't care, but I I, 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 I observed Passover. Oh, good. Oh, good. I, or bad? I don't know. What? How do you? <laughs> I don't know. How do you want me to I, feel I, about I, think, it? I personally think the black man observing Passover is an interesting tidbit. Okay. Didn't I, they only recognize you as people like thirty years ago? Since this, uh, <laughs> I think you're. I think you're thinking that you're Mormon friends, not not the Jews. I, I hey, don't know if hey, we just we, in, we we said you were people. We just said you were cursed. <laughs> to be fair, most still don't acknowledge that you as people. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, I'm glad we got that all sorted. It's one big happy family here. So what 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 lays what lays flavor would you submit then? Since you're dissatisfied with all the flavors that have (laughs) matzo. Oh, that's a good idea. Matzo's awful, dude. Lays matzo flavor. I like matzo. All right. What about? So basically, what you're saying is that you have no flavor. Uh, that's, well, that's what you're telling. Basically, already have no flavor. What so about what about this is this is in right now. Even this less is, flavor. This is a big hit right now with with like girls and stuff. What about salted caramel pumpkin chips? That wow. might not be a bad idea. That's going to be a slam dunk and then some. Okay, how about how about steak and pancakes flavor? Hang on, I got to go submit this. Steak, <laughs> steak, steak, eggs, and pancakes. That's my flavor. Oh, the website's still up. Do us a flavor. You got it, guys. I'm gonna do it for you. I love how they basically just turned it over to America. They're like, you know what? You tell us what to make. I don't fucking care anymore. <laughs> how, how about potato chip flavor? Because if you are so, if your taste buds are so bankrupt that you just need everything to be a newer, more extreme flavor, maybe you should go cook some fucking food. How about how about GMO flavor? Yeah, GMO flavor is pretty good. Let's just, let's just make a um, vaccines cause autism flavor. All right. <laughs> Hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna put reach, you guys reach, I'm gonna put you guys on hold flavor. one second and I'm gonna edit this out. I still say we should do bleach and on my favor. <laughs> you can't handle the truth, Jared. Vaccines cause <laughs> autism. <laughs> oh man, this this is a great video game podcast so far. Podcast. <laughs> Video game. What are those? What the fuck have I been doing? <laughs> oh God! Jones has a candy corn soda. They have a whole thing of like. Candy. Oh yeah. No, flavors. I went to I went to I went to uh, last summer when I was invited to stay in L.A. I went to like an entire soda shop, and they just had the weirdest fucking flavors. Like I couldn't buy everything, so I got. I, I, um, I can feel like my mouth having diarrhea right now. So. So candy corn, I definitely would not touch. I would never touch gross. that. Gross. So I didn't bother. I had bacon soda. Ugh. Also gross. Which was very gross. I had uh, Iron Brew, which is good. Never had it. Iron Brew. Iron Brew is like Brew, this... the, the Scottish drink? Yeah. yeah. Like at, it's like the one place in the world that outsells Coke. Yeah, it's kind of, it's weird. It's, it's kind of like this bubblegummy flavor. Like, I can't tell why they're so addicted to it. It's nice to have every once in a while, but it's uh, it's just kind of weird. And then I got a pirate piss, which I still have. I haven't tried it yet. Carbonated so pirate at this point sounds good. It, well, it's supposed to be banana flavor. Ew. Um, and it's just it's just been sitting on my shelf for eight months now. I'm not, fake I'm not banana sure flavor is the, my least favorite artificial flavoring. No, fake grape flavor has got to be the worst. <laughs> See, I oh, like fake grape. I, 
I like uh, Big Great. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, obviously. I think I, like, I think I think I hate Big <laughs> Lemon the I'm, most. I'm glad that you guys are still on flavors. I was worried. <laughs> I was worried. About talking about we're, we're, talking, we're, we're talking, talking about soda. Well, we already we're talking talked about, about Bloodborne while you were maybe, off chip flavors. So. Maybe I won't edit this out, and we'll just <laughs> it'll just be the flavor cast. I mean, we have shit to talk about. We have the Sony settlement. We have Final Fantasy I, I have We have Resident Evil Six. We, we have, should probably start uh, talking about it. Okay, I would like to hear... X, we have Orion, we have Bloodborne. I mean, we actually have a lot of video games to talk about. I would like to um, hear Lucio's breaking news. Okay, yes. so here's my breaking news. I'm going to try this or Pirate Pesoda tonight. Okay. <laughs> That's no, fine. Just start talking. Go. And, wait, Lucio, tell us the breaking news, but tell us like it's a chip flavor. <laughs> <laughs> I actually want to make you guess. You're going to make me franchise, guess. Which franchise? franchise just signed the deal with Warner Brothers. For a movie? Yes. Oh. Five Nights at Freddy's. Yes. Oh, my God. Just is it? it up. Yep. I didn't look it up. I heard about it earlier today. What an... Actually, that's kind of a good idea. Yeah, it is actually kind of a good idea. That's actually kind of a good idea, especially it's if it's with a major terrible. studio. No, I think I think you could do it. It, yeah, it, good. It's not going to be good. Though. It, it's going to be bad, just like the Last of Us movie. I don't know. But... I don't know. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's going to be that bad. I mean, how far do you have to go with it? You had. Um, oh my god! What came out that was just really good? The Conjuring just came out, and that was about a fucking creepy doll. Have you guys seen um, the trailers for that movie where the girl like killed herself, and now she's haunting them on Skype? Yeah, oh my god. unfriended. Stupid. Unfriended. Unfriended, isn't that the best name for a horror movie? Oh, uh, I, I don't know how that movie's going to work. I honestly don't. I, I know how well. it's going to work. That's the answer. Not Probably. well. I I want to see it follows. I'm hearing really great things about that one. Yeah, that got that got great reviews. Like so. it, they're calling they're calling it follows. Um, basically the second coming of um of Christ, Evil Dead. Yep. <laughs> yep. Christ. Christ, Evil Dead, Ash, Jesus Christ, Satan. It has Christ. a it has a really good trailer too. I don't know if you've watched it, but it's it's a very tame trailer that doesn't show like anything. Yeah, yeah. Which is which I think is a really valuable thing with horror. I feel like what? um What was that what was that movie with Ethan Hawke where he moves into the spooky house and like the whole family's killed themselves there and they've ruined the best bit in the entire movie yeah. in the trailer? <laughs> Is yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. That's oh my god! I, I want to call it sinister, but I don't think that's what it is. Yeah. Well, you know, I I don't know. I've been I've been looking at uh, the screens for It Follows. You know, first of all, I have to support It Follows because it's all digital release only. Oh, it so, is. I think so. I, I think they have like a very limited theater release, like very limited, and it did way better than they were expecting. Oh, uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll rent it then. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um. And I was looking at some of the screenshots. I like that it co- that it's colorful. I like that they decided they can make a colorful movie and have it still be scary. Because, God, so many uh, horror movies just wash th- themselves out. Or just go for the black and white aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Brown That's... is the scariest color. <laughs> it is. You know, in fact. I mean, it's the color of poo, and you're scared of getting poo on you. Like, if I had, That's true. If I had a That's poo true. in my hands and I started walking towards you, you'd run away and scream. I might not. That follows. Oh, then maybe we should get together, Jay. <laughs> we didn't try this. Right, we didn't so try this. We were E3 together. Test so, it out now. So five, so five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. Okay. Movie. So it's a movie now. Good. I think that'll be. I think that'll be fine. Case closed. <laughs> it'll. Okay. It'll probably be great. 
So let's move on to some other news then. What's the so uh, let's talk about the big Square Enix uh, reveal today. Um, <laughs> for the last, I love the timing on this. So for the last two days, they've been running a like viral marketing campaign on Twitch with these mysterious videos of this guy getting tortured on a on a Twitch stream. And um, oh, that's <laughs> yeah, you know the kind of stuff that gets you really hyped up for a game. Um, and so, hey, oh my God, another Chocobo racing. Yeah, did they hire Kojima for this? It is. It is. Michael actually got it. It's for a Chocobo racing game. Chocobo <laughs> um, racing three. They skipped two and right to three. Yeah, no, no, he's de- death Chocobo racing. <laughs> so anyway, today uh, or tomorrow is actually supposed to be the last day, and then at the end they would reveal their next great franchise game that they're making, and. Um, and it was going to be a pretty big reveal. Like, it was paired with a Game Informer cover and a bunch of other shit. And uh, today, I guess, w- while the stream was going on, I think, um, some Russian gaming website leaked the... I think they leaked the... They didn't leak the Game Informer cover. I don't know. I, I need to research it a little more. But basically, they revealed that it oh, was it was, a, it. it was a new Deus Ex. So... But yeah, I think that got lost. Say it one more time. It, it's a new Deus Ex game. Okay. It's Deus Ex. Day Deus Deus Ex. Day of Duo, Sex. Duo it's Sex. A, it's a new. It's a new dialysis. It's a new Deus Sex game. A, a, a new dialysis it's, machine. You know, Deus Ex Hybrid Theory. So, it looks. Right. Uh, it looks like none of you. None of you sound very pumped for any of this shit. I think you guys are more excited when we were talking about flavors. I don't really. I don't really like Human Revolution. I mean, it's okay. Mm-hmm. What the I, hell is wrong with you? I don't really know. Jared, Jared is right. It's got some problems. The ending has problems. Yeah, but you know, the ending is like a big fat turd, and oh. the fact that the <laughs> fact that Adam Jensen is in the sequel means that it's an even bigger fat turd because they're going to pick one of those endings to be canon, which makes the others even more useless than they already were. All right, Jared, so, can you tell me what your the whole experience? Were? Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Because I could. Really? Are you just saying that all that matters of the game is the ending? No, but I'm saying that the entire game is a narrative like experience that builds up to this one moment that then completely falls flat. It's like if yeah, the, but it also has some good gameplay, which you know. Sure, and I I didn't say it was a terrible game that should never exist worked. again. The I, part where I was looking for candy bar so I could do something fun was great. I think doing another um, I think doing another Adam Jensen story is not the way to go. Hey, he never asked for this, and that is yeah. the that is the way they're going. <laughs> It's it's not what I would have done. Um, Honestly, I would have brought in J.C. Denton. That I I don't think they I don't think I would tangle with J.C. Denton either because they got all That's weird with she, Invisible War. Coward. So I will say this: when, yeah, um, it's it's another one of those games I came late to, right? So I I I wasn't that far off from everyone else, but I came a little late. So I was uh, told that. SpaceX ask all these very weird ethical questions and challenges how the future society will look and all this kind of stuff. And when I finally played it, I didn't really find it all that deep and insightful. <laughs> like I like a lot of original Deus Ex. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about Human Re- Revolution. Oh right? no, I, human, uh, human Revolution's big problem is that they're always talking about talking about what it means to be human. It's like you go on this mission, and then when we get back, we're going to have a long discussion about what it means to be made. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I, I think a lot of it was very uh, cursory as well. I think talking about the ethical effects and the effects on society, I think that's stuff that you got when you were reading the news reports. 
but that's something that wasn't kind of natural in the game. And if you guys remember, that was kind of my problem with uh, The Last of Us as well, that um, it's stuff that was really easy to gloss over. And I'm not sure, because the flavor text writer is just kind of a different writer, right? It's not the guy who writes the main scenario. Um, so I don't know. I wasn't all that, I wasn't all that uh, challenged by it, but I, I, I guess... Uh, I, I was I was uh, I was challenged by the terrible boss battles. I, I guess at a certain point. Were they really that bad? I mean, they they, they were they, they were before bad. they patched them out. Yeah. Then they were okay. They didn't, patch, know, they didn't patch them out, but like they fixed a lot. Well, if you if you if you had a uh, assault a build, if you had an assault build, then they were pretty great. But if you went a stealth build, then all the bosses were just uh, miserable. Uh, yeah, I went I went I went with a assault build. No, I'll have, I, I'll have to tell you. I, I will admit one of my problems with Human Revolution was that I watched the trailers, and you know they're they're very cinematic. It's almost kind of like Matrix esque, where like he's fighting a big group of guys, and he's like punching people through walls and grabbing people and taking their guns and you know returning fire. So it looked like it was gonna be a pretty exciting game, and then like you start the game, and it's like, oh, I banged my knee against a desk. I'm dead. <laughs> So, so, but okay. So here's the thing. About, I gotta charge uh, up so I can stealth kill this guy. Here's the, the thing about here's the, the thing about that. I, 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 and I feel like I feel like this is a problem with Square in general. I feel like uh, Square always jumps the gun, and this is whether they're publishing a title or whether they're um, uh, developing the title themselves. They always show footage of a game well before it's complete. And these games, like all their games, go for this really highly ambitious, very technical. They talk about, oh, this is a real game. It's, it's like the Watch Dogs spec, right? It's like Watch Dogs, they show one thing and then we get another. And the scaling the scaling down isn't as bad as Watch Dogs. But, you know, you watch... Even, over, you don't even you need to talk about Watch Dogs. Let's talk about Final but, Fantasy XV. Because well, no, in, the well, trailers, no, okay. in the trailers, you're climbing buildings <laughs> and shit. And then when you're playing the demo, you're holding square so that he attacks. Yeah, I was, I was the demo the actual game. I was going exactly. to get to that. <laughs> okay, but I, I think Lucio has a point. I think Lucio has a point because... Um, you know, because at, after a certain point, you really do have to ask how close the game is to completion. But I think Square does this a lot, and they do it with everything. They did it with Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider definitely looked different um, from the final result from what they first showed us. Deus Ex looked different from what they first showed us. All the Final Fantasies look different from what they first show us, and they have for a while. Um, like, Final Fantasy Thirteen was just supposed to be this whole other game. And then we get, basically, a remix of 12's AI system and Corridors. Uh, so you know, uh, remember how good then, that's being pretty nope, generous because nope. twelve's AI system is actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better than fifteens. So, uh, so yeah, yeah I, I, I think, I think when you when these days when you say, oh yeah, because the demo's the actual game, I think we need to be critical enough now to say, well, if Square's showing us this, this is clearly what they think is a good product. And I mean, I'm, I'm way more excited about, like, I I know I sound like I'm not happy that they were, they're doing this because, but I am happy they're doing this because even for all of human revolutions problems, I think it's still better than a lot of the other, you know, games that came out at that time. Oh, and let's say, let's, let's, let's uh, talk about one more thing. Let's talk about, um, the fact Tomb Raider just sold what is it, eight point five million copies altogether? Mm-hmm. Not enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they were like, "Oh not well, enough. it's not. It's, it's, it's underperforming." I think that was the word they used. Yeah, they, they said it's underperforming. How do you sell eight million copies and that's underperforming? Let's 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 shift off Square know. for a little bit. And what's Call of Duty. The Call of Duties, you know. So I, I think we Call said this. We said this in the chat, but I want to repeat it for the podcast where we're like, you know. Um, 
I think they just resent the fact that their Western games are doing better than their Eastern games. Oh, yeah, no, they're definitely covering up the fact that, like, they fucked up. Because this came out the same year as, uh, I think it was the same year as um, Final Fantasy XIII 2 came out. Yeah. And it bombed. So I think they were kind of covering up the fact that their first party titles kind of sucked. Yeah, we and, and, they, uh, and they played the, uh, the published titles in the West. I mean, they barely they, even have titles to speak of. I mean, like, I'm just... They have all I'm those just, Dragon Quests. What are you talking about? I'm trying to think of Square Enix properties and, I guess, Thief. And that's no, but that's, that's another thing that they just published. Yeah, we're talking, we're talking about something different. First party developed. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I mean, I, I, can't I, I like, because, yeah. look, they have a lot take, of mobile take, games. <laughs> they you have Kingdom Hearts. So so they have Tomb Raider. They have um they have uh, Deus Ex, and they have Sleeping Dogs, all of which were released around the same time. And um, two of them did well, and one of them did really well. Uh, Tomb Raider was one that did really well. And then Square releases this port, this report that's like, oh, these three games did not do what we were expecting. We're very disappointed. Um, you know, it's a complete bullshit thing, and they're trying to they're trying to blame their failures on three of their best selling titles when they have all these games that they released out of their Japanese division uh, that sucked that people weren't playing. I mean, not to mention, you, you, have, you have to remember though the the consideration that they're making is uh, not Sleeping Dogs, but Tomb Raider in particular is an existing property with, uh, you know, a large fan base. And I, I wonder if when they say, you know, oh, this game didn't perform the way we expected it to, if, if part of what they mean by that is, oh, we didn't get, you know, we didn't even get the Tomb Raider numbers they, that we thought we would. What no, is the best performing Tomb Raider ever? Tomb Raider, hasn't, Tomb Raider hasn't sold well in a very long time. There's no way that was their metric. Their metric was probably Call of Duty. And Tomb Raider did really well for what it was. I think they, they re- what was it, something like 3 million copies? Which I think the last Call of Duty game had been something like what five million, so it's not even something that was like that far off. It's not like Resident Evil Six where they teetered off by a lot and had to keep uh, changing their estimates. It's just it, I I think it's actually them resenting the fact that these games they're publishing that were released out of house. I think it's them resenting the fact that it's doing better than the stuff they're developing in house. Well, I mean, you know, they did give uh, Toriyama like three years to work in his waifu game. So, you know. <laughs> there so, you go. There you have it. Um, anyway, Deus Ex is announced. It's, uh, I don't know. Yeah. If you liked Human Revolution, you'll probably like like this one. I'm sure it'll be all right. I don't think I'd it'll like be it bad. Be yeah, I, I don't think it'll I'd, be bad. I'd be happy if it was a good game. If it's, <laughs> I think if it's as good as Human Revolution, that'll be fine. Um, Especially considering the way things are going lately. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Human After Revolution might look like a much tastier plum at this point. Even when it came out, it was it was pretty good at the time. But I think I, I think we can do better. Yes. Oh, there's definitely room for improvement. Nobody's saying that it's a perfect game, Jared. Yeah, you are, Lucio. I heard it. Clearly. Ten out of ten. No um, flaw. Anyway, so that that went down. Is there any other news that we wanted to talk about? Uh, yes. What about the Sony Vita settlement? Oh yes. So it turns out that um, piece of shit. Back back before the Vita came out, it turns out that Sony, in their marketing messaging, may have led you to believe that the Vita was capable of some things that, upon release, it turned out it wasn't actually capable of. By curing cancer. 
Yeah, like carrying. That wasn't one of them, but um, uh, pressing left. Or going down on you as you please. I think most of it was. Um, most of it was related to game streaming, and they were saying like. They they were their advertising and, and marketing was was claiming like oh you can take a PlayStation three game and you can stream it to your Vita, or you could take a Vita game and stream it to your PlayStation three, and yeah, um, yeah it doesn't do that. Yeah, and there's a bunch of other features on top of it that uh, that it doesn't do that they thought they did. But anyway, Lucio's got more of the insight here. Is it fifty dollars that they owe you? No, they owe you twenty five. Is that all it is? Yeah, but, um, you know, one of the th- interesting things is that it's actually cash. Well, not cash, it's a check. Um, like, you can actually get money as opposed to, like, most of the other settlements where they give you, like, a game. $50 worth of games. Now, there are, you have an option of getting, like, some really old games. Yeah, like, There's, like four bundles. Yeah, like that <laughs> game that Jay said that nobody knows about. <laughs> um and uh, you know th- those bundles are actually worth more than than twenty five, like a lot more. Um, you know, so I guess if you really Unless miss you those games somehow stuff. and and you really want them, and you can get those. Otherwise, you know, just go for the twenty five bucks, man. Because seriously, and all, all you need is your um, original serial receipt, number. right, and your serial mm. number. Just need your serial number. You don't need your receipt. Oh, even better. So even if you perhaps uh, own a Vita that was manufactured before the cutoff point and you didn't buy it until way later, maybe you could still get away with it. So you should check your serial yep. number regardless. Exactly. But as well, right? May as well get get free $25. Oh, so. Hey, man, you know what? They deserve it. I don't have $25. $20. Yeah, it's, I would. Uh, that's a pretty good deal for essentially just filling out a form and mailing it. Yeah, no, that's not bad. That's as good as buying like a like a uh, fondue set at Bed Bath and Beyond and filling out the mail in rebate. You know, twenty five dollars could get you twenty five one dollar games. It could get you a fondue set. No, it's funny because one of the other options was to get twenty five dollars in PSN credit. Oh yeah, and when you did that. Um, like in the offer says something like, "Oh, you know, checks sometimes get lost in the mail." Like, wouldn't be a shame if something happened to your check. A little idle threat there for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we so bad that the checks got lost. We postmarked it. I don't know what happened after that. Maybe you shouldn't have bought a Vita. Yeah. That'll teach you. I do. I do want to say that uh, that when Doug put his fifteen dollars in the mail so that I could get Bloodboard, it it made it. It's my apartment. And thus you got Bloodborne. And thus I got Bloodborne. Should we talk about Bloodborne? Uh, should we talk about the less interesting games first? Oh, snap. <laughs> Take that, less interesting games. Um, uh, I mean, is so there... Tell us, tell us about... Did we talk about Final Fantasy XV at all? Yeah, well, I feel like we did. Is there more to say? It's shitty. Just kidding. Um, I thought that was the consensus. Is that it wasn't very good. No, actually, people are excited about it. Well, yeah, people are going to be always excited about a Final Fantasy. But they're excited for the wrong reasons. They're excited because the main character is super cool, and you can drive a car. He's got to go fast. Hey, hey, oh, hey, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. Let's uh, be a little more respectful of our friends in the gay community, okay? You know, actually, I do have a problem with the demo. What's the problem with the demo? You say that they need money to get a car fixed, but isn't the guy a fucking prince? Like, what the fuck is this shit? 
He ran yeah, away from home, didn't he? I don't know why he's doing what he's doing. We don't. Like, we don't know the. We don't know the context. I don't know what he's doing. I don't imagine Prince William's walking around England saying, "I can't." They don't, they don't tell you. They just tell you, "Oh, you know, this guy is uh, on a road trip with his friends, and his car broke down. Go find money to fix it." Just like in real life. Is it? So they're calling it the demo. It like has its own name and everything. It's called like Episode Do Sky or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> is it even? Is it even going to be in the game? Like, is it a segment from the game? Do we even know that for sure? I don't think so because it looks like it's kind of just like a stop, you know. Because that's kind of interesting. Right. That's actually the entire game. That was the game you just played it. I don't know. I'm there's like I said, you know. I said it in my article. I'm willing to, you know, give it the benefit of the doubt. Um, story wise, because you don't really get a lot, and you know the characters seem, you know, good enough. Mm-hmm. They weren't great or anything. They were good enough. <laughs> so what do they do? Give me a specific step by step here. What I What do they do to make Final Fantasy that, uh, good again? Um, they can start with good characters. That actually helps. Okay, so like less less hopes, and um, yeah, all, all they hopes. Stop doing all Honestly, you know what they need to do? they need to uh, bravely default, or maybe like a yeah, game of all hopes. But they did bravely default. It was called the Poor Children of Light, and no one played it. Well, there you go. The AI is so broken, and the battle system is so uninspired that I don't even know what you know what else to say about it. I mean, so that's my question. What do, what do they do? What what do they do? What what battle system do you want? What do you I want something that's more tactical. I mean, the one in Lightning of Dust was good. So what if it what if it was 12? 12 was actually better than this. I I really I I people kind of like people kind of shit on it, but I think 12 had a really nice system like Yeah, I agree. Setting up that AI and and stuff was in the beginning early on in the game, it's it's really like dull and, and obnoxious but as you uh as you progress and, and things get harder and your encounters become more difficult to survive um setting up that ai becomes you know really crucial and, and i think a lot of fun um compared to the horseshit systems we get now i would fucking take final fantasy one i even you know what i would even you know what, you know what they need to, they need to bring atv and just put like a new face you know coat of paint on, on top I think I think that'd be a good idea is uh, to just bring back the old ATB like from from the golden era from the sevens the eights the nines just the old bravely default system. I don't know that the you know it's just the ATB alone anymore. I think it's just let's take the music for example, right? Like at least when Final Fantasy started getting bad, the music was still good and uh, the graphics are still good. Like they used to be able to make really exciting shit there. Now they can't even do that anymore. I was gonna say, I you, you mentioned that fifteen looked good. I, I don't really think it looks that good. I think it looks all right. Maybe it looks prettier than thirteen. That's may, what I said. Maybe it looks better in action too. But I said it looks better than thirteen, though. Thirteen is a PS3 <laughs> game. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. The joke was that if you look at both screenshots, they look very similar. <laughs> they do. They they look much too similar. So you know, so, people are all like, "Oh, look, it's a big open world." And I'm like, "Yeah, so was Grand Paul." That doesn't mean there is. And I think game. I think your assessment was correct yeah, wait, too. Wait, the... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Are we are we rewarding them for making a big open world with this game? No, because yes. they they did. That's why a lot of people are so. Are we rewarding them for what, what they did for Final Fantasy one to twelve, and then took away in thirteen? 
and then get back in in lightning returns and f uh, and thirteen two by the way. So you know, yeah, but most people didn't play the other two. Thirteen games, right. so that's okay. So am I still muffled? Um, anyway, what were you saying? Yeah, right. I was just saying that I, I think that you were uh, very accurate in your assessment that the demo is very deliberately set up to um, to show off a Grand Pulse esque uh, level to be like, look, it's different. We swear. Mm-hmm. We promise it's different, but there's that doesn't necessarily. I mean, Final Fantasy Thirteen had that segment. It didn't stop the rest of the game from being one long hallway. There's it's nothing. Like, there's nothing to stop this game from being that too. And, and the actual like world that they're describing has potential. Like you know, a world, a modern, you know, kind of 2010s um, world mixed with the fantasy world. It's you know, it's interesting. It's intriguing. Um, you know, they could have just shown me like a small town or something, instead of just you know, instead of a big old there. field. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's that's what's so cheap about it, right? Is I hope that I hope that this game doesn't go the opposite where they overcompensate to address all of their criticisms and actually make it even worse. Um, because that is exactly what it's going to happen. I, I really wonder if maybe that's the path we're going to go down. Is is they're going to be like, okay, you don't want a corridor? Well, here's a big open space with nothing going on in it, and you can go anywhere you want. See, I don't know. <laughs> that works super well for Dragon Age. <laughs> oh man. Well, that's, that's the other point, right? Like you know, the big open world doesn't really impress me that much anymore. Well, I mean, this isn't Skyrim that we're talking about here. Even even in the early Final Fantasies, like for the most part, you don't really want to explore that much. I mean, there's not that much to discover by exploring. Oh, by the way, they're around the encounter. I know they don't paint them as around the encounters, but when enemies start like popping out out of nowhere, and then suddenly you are in combat in a big open space, uh, that's around the encounter. I don't care how you dress it up. Can you can you dodge the enemy or like run from them? You can try to run away. Yeah. So, but a lot of times so, they'll just catch you. So here's my problem. Here's I don't. Here's my problem with Final Fantasy. Right, I don't feel like they've ever done a good job of giving us a modern or futuristic game. Um, just because, just because in those titles, like you'll get this kind of a modern or futuristic world, right? And it it'll really just be one heavy section of the game, and the rest of it is just a whole bunch of open fields. I'd love yes. for them to scale back the technology aspect of it and and not have like all these cars and shit and like that. I am fine with airships, but let's let's not have like guns and shit again. Well, they need to bring airships back, period. Like we need a well, real, I know. real airships. <laughs> I just don't need one that's like a fucking spaceship, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. What about like a um even bigger regression, like a like a, a Game of Thrones esque kind of plot line or setup for so it. So you mean like Final or, Fantasy twelve? Um I would I would paint twelve as like the pinnacle of what you guys are talking about, like the airships and kind of the it side. Didn't have, it didn't have a real so airship. Futuristic. Oh yeah, it did. Twelve had a bunch of airships. Not not, 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 airship. not realizing he's just... like flying around. He means like Yeah. Yeah, they, they haven't had one of those for years. Well, yeah, they haven't nine. had that. It's it was like and that was yeah, years ago. And it was years ago. So we didn't have a real airship. And 12 was still very much a corridor. 12 was like the start of the corridors. The only yeah. real... What I'm saying is like the only real open part of the game was that first city. And then the rest of it, you're just walking. You're walking north the whole game. In fact, here's the thing. I sequence broke the game because I was afraid of losing this special weapon, the Zodiac Spear. And I really wanted it. 
um, because I was building ash around the idea of having this weapon. So I sequence broke the game. I went all the way up to the area. I got the spear. Uh, I used the airship to teleport back, which, you know, is literally just teleporting back. And then I found out that all that shit that I had walked to, that was the entire game. It was like, okay, you've already walked there. Now guess what? You have to walk there. There's no other exploration or anything like that. It was just walking. It was just one long hallway. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I think if you break it down, like every Final Fantasy is pretty close to that. Like you, there's no. there's not there's not a one that I can think of where you can do stuff in a different order or or anything like that. Like everything happens in a pretty set. There's there's six. Uh, Since I'd, you can totally do sh- do shit out of order. You can you it, can you can pick which character to follow at those junction points, but then those no, characters still they, go in the same order. Yeah, but you know, it, it six still gives you at least a modicum of freedom. Like you get first of all, there's the first half of the game with the junction points, and then there's the second half of the game where you're completely free to do whatever the fuck you want in, in terms of getting your party back. You don't even need your full party to go after the final boss. Yeah, I guess that, I guess them. that's true. After after the. Uh, the big event the world the world of ruin that does turn it on its head a little bit that's i'll I'll give you that all right fair enough and hey it's the best final fantasy so yeah there you go maybe you guys should try that so let's uh, talk about orion uh yeah so michael and i played around with this one um it sounds like we probably had pretty similar experiences uh, mm-hmm. This is a game developed by uh, a studio that has been set up in Cameroon, which is not the usual location where you would expect to find a studio uh, for for video games. Um, it's, uh, I mean, it's tough to say. We, we we submitted some questions to them for an interview, and the, and they replied back to us, and we're kind of just going through the process of sorting that out and and putting it in a structured format that you can read on the site. Um, but they they were kind enough to send us over. I would say, how how long would you say that demo was, Michael? Like maybe an hour. Uh, thirty five or thirty to forty five minutes around. Yeah, forty five minutes sounds about right. Um, so they sent us over a little demo, which shows off, I, I believe, what's probably the beginning of the game. Um, I I think you probably pick up right from the first moment. Like I think it it is the first you know hour of the game or so, forty five minutes or so. Yeah, that's the impression I got. Um. It's it's definitely got a ways to go. There's there's some stuff that works, some stuff that doesn't work. Um, but obviously, like you you should applaud the ability to make a video game in Cameroon. Period. Like that's that's an impressive feat. Well, and I want I, I do want to uh, read back some of their questions because they're, some of their story uh, and how they came to be is actually very interesting. I yeah, think. yeah, I think so too. If you've got so. something up, go right ahead. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll search for it, but you guys should talk about the game some more while I find it. So you play as a guy named Enzo, and um, you're getting married. It's your wedding day. You're, you're a prince in the in the city or whatever, and you're you're or over this village that you're ruling over, and your your betrothed is is ready to get married to you. And of course, that doesn't go right, and your your wedding party gets crashed and attacked, and um, <clears throat> it has kind of a. The battle system is very reminiscent of Tales uh, games, where you only control okay. one character, and it's um, it's a live action, so every every button press is going to unleash an attack. Um, you can press the directional pad in different ways while you're attacking to do different... I don't want to call them combos, um, but your, your special moves are all mapped to button combinations rather than going into a menu or anything like that. 
So very, very similar to the Tales battle system. Um, some pretty clear inspiration there. <clears throat> I don't know. What would you? What What were your impressions of the game, Michael? Um. So I I briefly touched on this in the uh, little write up that I did. I find it very exciting that they're using one not only a, a setting. You know, they they draw off. I think they call it African fantasy. They're using a setting that you just never see, but you know they also it's a little more uh, close to home for them. So it, there are some aspects of it that I find very exciting. Um, as you said, it's just it's in kind of a rough state right now. It's really hard to say how I feel about it. Um, you know, concept wise, I think it's very exciting. In action, it needs some work. Although I think the battle system actually worked. Pretty well. It's just the outside of the battle system little, stuff. A little bit of tweaking to be done in the battle system too. Yeah. I, I made the comparison to um, to Boyhood actually, and I, I still don't necessarily. Boyhood? I still don't necessarily think it's an unfair comparison. Yeah, the movie Boyhood. Um, Does which, it take twelve years to make and the age the characters in real time? What? No, no. Actually, it actually did take twelve years to make this game. Boyhood. <clears throat> I would say that Boyhood is a uh, is a feat if you know the story behind it. But if you just watch it as a movie, it's it's kind of disappointing. And so... this, this game is kind of similar where, like, if you look at all the, you know, the things that the studio has overcome and all the hard work they've put into it, it, it really is like a, a an amazing feat. Um, but it, it, do, it still lacks some of the polish that you need to really have a great experience with it. Um, but that doesn't mean that but it's I, not going to get that by the time it's done. I'm just saying that, like, I, in I its current to... state... I do want to be fair to them for a minute because they do in their questions they did say, uh, you know, I think it's actually a big deal that this game is coming out of uh, Cameroon, right? For a couple of reasons. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's 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 like, for one, Cameroon's not on the list of like like the entire African continent. It's not the list on the list of countries that you expect. Um, no, it's actually in. It's not one of the powers in Africa at all. You would expect somewhere like Nigeria or. Tanzania or South Africa to, to have a game studio, not Cameroon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they even say in their reply that, you know, they're still using water to generate electricity in that part of the uh, the continent. So they, you know, they tell us that. And they tell us things such as we knew that we would have a couple of challenges coming into this. Uh, training and aligning abilities of the team. There is no training school for careers in the field of video games in Cameroon. Uh, prior to this realization, it was essential to teach people how to draw on tablets it was the same for programmers who did not have practical know-how about game programming. Um, it took us two months to start training to start to train people how to do things. Their power cuts. We live in a tropical area, and it's usually in the beginning of the year that is the uh, dry season because water is the main source that we use to produce power. It is very difficult to generate a lot of power during this season. Uh, the digital divide, internet access, is not effective in this territory. Even at home, it's difficult to meet demand. So, yeah, you even know, if they're, you they're if you go to their website, you can tell it's running off some pretty primitive uh, primitive servers. Like it, it takes forever to get anything, but you know. Well, I think I think that's the first reason it's very exciting. I think the second reason is is exciting is because we said, see, Michael said we didn't really have. Uh, you don't typically see African fantasy, and that's true. But I think more so than that, it's when you do see it, it's always kind of like this outsider's view of what they think Africa mm-hmm. is. Exactly. Um, you know, it's like uh, the you know, it's like Resident Evil Five. That's completely ridiculous. Well, the the one thing they cited, I think, is that when a lot of people think Africa, but Africa in their games, uh, they use Egypt, and you know, 
they want to stay away from the Egyptian stuff, like Egypt's not really Africa, all that kind of stuff. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I think that, um, um, I, I, I understand what you're saying about the boyhood comparison, but I mean, you, you pretty much other... just, you, you just reiterated what I said, which is if, yeah. if I handed this demo to somebody who had no prior knowledge of what the demo is, they'd say that wasn't very good. But if I handed it to them and said, this is made by a self-made studio in a place where every like possible thing that could be working against you is working against you, you would probably play it and be like, wow, that's really impressive that these guys taught themselves X and A and, and learned how to draw you know, into the, into the computer and everything like they're doing. Um, so in the circumstance, I think that it's a, a great achievement um, but I think in like the translation to an American market, I still think they've got a lot of work to do. And I'm not saying that they can't do it. I'm just saying that there's, there's a lot to be done still. No, um, this actually, this really isn't, it's not a bad game. It maybe it doesn't maybe impress as much as say, if this were something coming out of like a studio in California, they would, like they probably have to present a lot. Nothing can be Arkham. But this is, yeah, well, obviously, but this is like, an Inuit boy growing up in Antarctica is like, I'm, I'm going to start an orange farm. And after 10 years, like he gives you some small, tiny oranges. It's, that's still pretty amazing. It's just, I, it's, it's mostly balancing and polished stuff. Like the, the first boss in the game needs his hit points, like probably slashed in half in order to have any, you know, uh, to have a good time fighting him at least. I'm going to go ahead and say that if you go to Steam Greenlight, you can see a lot worse. <laughs> Right now. Also I, entirely I true. true. That is made. That is made true. in America. Oh yeah, and so, I think I think we definitely see some stuff that hit the indie market that were indie darlings, and I would definitely question Ninga how they got all that acclaim. So, <laughs> but, remember, well, this is the country that made Miru. It looks very pretty too for teaching themselves how to do this. Uh, I mean, even even if I didn't know that, I think that's one of the things that stands alone of this game is how well, good it looks. And I would say an action RPG inspired by the tales series for the battle system that's a really ambitious first project ever for a, a studio yeah um so i mean you know I, I would say of everything probably the battle system is probably the the most functional yeah flowing part of the game yeah so. absolutely most you're being, you're, being the only one here that was born in a third world country i can imagine that the thought process for this was we're probably only going to get to make one game so let's make the game that we want to make <laughs> no i'm serious that's how no you think. no certainly it's uh I, I can only imagine how they I mean, I feel, a I feel bunch like people that in the room and said, like, hey, let's do this. I feel, I feel yeah, like so. a kid, as a kid from Harlem, I feel that. I'm like, well, I'm from Harlem. This is the only film I'm going to get to make, so let's do, make what yeah, I want. Exactly. Let's make so, the one you know, that I, I want, not, you know, something to just... Let's not make Candy Crush clone number 72. Well, and I think, yeah. that's, I think that's something that produces good results is, is that pressure of, like, you know, you only get one, one chance or one shot at this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you can you can absolutely tell that this is a major passion project, um, and, and there's there's a lot of love and attention that, that has gone into it. Um, it definitely looks like it started as an RPG maker game, and it kind of just evolved from there. And uh, looking through their website, it does look at one point they were probably using RPG Maker, but I mean, good on them for and uh, XNA is such an odd choice to me. Um, it, there's nothing wrong with with it necessarily, but it just it seems like um, I wonder what the licensing is like on it. I wonder if there's a, a perk in price or something like that. 
because um, you know nowadays everything's made in Unity and, and and it's generally considered one of the easier ones to use, especially if it was your first project. I wonder. I we didn't think to ask the question, but I'd be really curious how they landed on the language that they're using and what what made them decide to go that route. We can still ask them. I thought XNA was freeware. It might be. It's provided by Microsoft. Um, yeah, it's freeware, so that probably played a part in it. Yeah, so there you go. Maybe that's maybe that's all it is because Unity would have cost money on top of it. Um, and I mean, that's going to have some benefits to them too. Uh, if they ever decide to port to a console, you know, that it's mm-hmm. a lot less work to move it to the Xbox, the PlayStation, not so much, but um, you, you could pull that off too. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. No, I so, think it's so uh, exciting game. It, it's definitely going to be one to keep an eye on and, and check out as it as it you know continues down the path that it's going on. All right. So, should we talk about the big event? Uh, Bloodborne? Uh, no. Oh, what's the big Arkham. event? Oh, Arkham. Arkham. Arkham Knight. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about how great Arkham's going to be. Got delayed again. What? Well, that's, uh, well, that's that's probably because they're making it so perfect. We probably talked about it on the last podcast, so it's so good that it, they know that once they release the video games are going to be over. Because why else would you make a video game? Well, it's the, know, it's, the, the, it's the last it's the last one that Rockstar is making, so. Well, why else would you make a video game in general if you know you can be Arkham? Like, well, what would you what, would you even bother? Like, well, if I told you, Jared, you can make a game, but it won't be Arkham. Would you bother making right, it? Right, right, right. But here's the thing. In theory, Rocksteady made Arkham, right? So the source right. of Arkham's power is Rocksteady. So no, whatever the they make Arkham's next... Power is Arkham. Well, it's maybe. <laughs> are, you, are you implying that Arkham Origins wasn't great? Uh, yeah, actually, I would say that it's um, probably the third greatest game of all time, which isn't okay. good. That's a all bad. Right. That's a bad number. Kill him. No, that's true. That's they're true. all the first greatest. But... Jerry, I think you need to leave. <laughs> I love how we've been just sucking this joke's dick for like five <laughs> podcasts, and nobody, no, nobody gets it. Our, our April, our April Fools' jokes spread like wildfire, and I think it's the one thing nobody got from it because it's just us who understand why we're talking about this. And hell, well, maybe even some of us don't know. I think all of us know. We have to all know, right? Do, well, we'll, we'll does everyone on this? Does everyone on this podcast know why Arkham is the greatest game ever? You know, yes. I, I can only vaguely remember talking about this at one point but yeah. okay so it's it, the joke is actually twofold and i think it would have been better if we published an article which we never did um so the joke is actually twofold there is a writer who will go unnamed right there's an uh, there's a video game journalist out there and he rips apart some of the biggest best-selling games that um that having played them firsthand i think these are actually pretty high quality games so we're talking about grand theft auto 5 uh we're talking about shadows of mordor and he will rip these games apart, and his closest comparison to how they could do better is Arkham. It's always Arkham. Like, he said, he talks about how GTA V fucks up on all the little things, and then he compares it to Arkham. Like, Arkham is great, and he does the same thing with Shadows of Mordor. It's absolutely ridiculous, but what really set it off is I found a comment on Dark Souls when I was, uh, uh, you know, looking up Bloodborne. There's a comment about Dark Souls, and someone was bitching about Dark Souls' combat system, and he basically goes, unironically... Oh, how come this isn't Arkham? Arkham has a perfect combat system. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> and then he, he he puts in in the uh, in the comment something like, "Oh, well, you shouldn't dismiss my opinion. There are other games that are better." But he always goes to that crime. <laughs> yeah, it's always Arkham. So that's that's the reason. And it's like, 
Oh my god, Arkham's like good, but it's not perfect, right? It, it's got its own it set of problem. problems. And not only that, but Arkham's combat system is just Assassin's Creed combat system. <laughs> it's not even an original combat system. It's something that they took some from another game. Yeah, it's but it's a, it's a free, free flow is a lot smoother than any Assassin's Creed. No, no, and, and you're definitely right about that. But I, you know, they they seriously just kind of. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's just. It's I mean, just weird. Arkham's system is good at making you feel like a badass, but I wouldn't say that it's. Yeah, great. you definitely feel like Batman when you're playing Arkham, right? And that's the point. Um, but then if every game's Arkham, then Arkham's not Arkham. Oh wait, is is Arkham a video game? It's a Batman <laughs> video game. <laughs> Arkham is a new religion. That's, <laughs> that's what I thought. The church, so anyway, should, should, should we tell should we tell our Patreon supporters which? Thing? <laughs> which is the writer? Sure. You know what? No one's donated to the Patreon yet. So yeah, if you donate to the Patreon, I'll tell you which writer it is. All right. So the writer's name. Go ahead, Lucio. Oh, you I can mean... edit this out. Edit this out. Well, then how do I give it to people later? Right. You well, can also well, edit out our voices. Oh, all right. Here. Also, he has. Yeah. Gave him. Yeah. Yeah. Small. Got to make Jared work a bit. I mean, that seems right. <laughs> seems legit, yes. Is that really his name? Yeah. yeah. No wonder he's an idiot. So, so, um, so we were Bloodborne. Do we want to talk about Bloodborne? Let's talk about Bloodborne. No, it's not let, me, let me cap this off by saying in regards to Bloodborne, um, we're going to spoil it because there really is nothing to spoil. And that's just it. Like, I don't feel like we should restrict ourselves talking about this game. Either there is barely a plot. Uh, to be ruined. Uh, there's a there's a plot, but it's kind of like I don't know. It's just like with the Souls games. People are so sensitive. They're like, don't spoil it. Who cares? Oh my you god! Can't even tell people like some Souls fans the boss's name. Like it's a spoiler. It's, like go fuck yourself. Boss's <laughs> name is a spoiler. I didn't want. I didn't want to you know. Guys, you guys always usually care so much about spoilers, so I felt kind of bad about. Yeah, I do. In an, in a that. narrative experience, like if you spoil the ending for the next Deus Ex for me, I'm gonna be pissed off. I mean, I'm, I know it's gonna be bad, so you can. Well, well, I, heard, about it, I heard. I heard that J- Adam Jason Jensen, becomes Batman. I, I heard. I heard that Adam Jensen uh, in the ass while sh- watches and jacks off while Batman to... fucks. That again. All right. Well. <laughs> uh, how is that even going to be a sentence? All right. Um, so. Uh yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm not sensitive to spoilers right. on this. I mean, so, I mean, I'm not. We're so, not gonna like s- describe the ending pain by pain. But like, Lu- Lucio, do you give a shit if we tell you the boss's name or, or describe a zone to you? Yes, he will ruin the game for me. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. We oh, respect fine, that. Man. Well, then quit being a baby. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I have so to get where, good, do we, where do we start? So let's start. First of all, let's start with this, right? Because uh, I wasn't even interested in the game uh, at first. And then Lucio kept talking about it, and then my interest grew, and then I started playing a ton of shit games, as I usually do at the at the beginning of the year. Um, so I got bored. So I'm like, you know what? I want to try this Bloodborne nonsense everyone's talking about. I never really played a Souls game before. I, I only got a little ways into Dark Souls. I didn't get that far. Um, and I think what <laughs> ended up happening is I, I, I accidentally kicked Doug out his throne as the master of Bloodborne. Yeah, you've had just had a, a ton more time to play it. Yeah, no, that's true. But I, I, I like I, I've seriously been scientifically breaking apart this game 
figuring out shit like hitboxes and iframes and min-maxing my stats and all this kind of shit. And I made, not only not only that, I've made two characters now. And one of those characters is level 82 as of today. All and right. the other character is level 63. Here's, here's a test then. Let's do a test to discover the true Bloodborne expert. On the, on the fly, without looking, I need you to tell me there are two soft caps to stats where you will start to see diminishing returns. 25 on 50. Well, it's been like that for a lot of Souls games. Yeah. Well, fuck you guys. I mean, you and I knew. But, and it's, and it's not, it's not, I think uh, Endurance and Vit have different soft caps, though. I think They do. I think HP is 30, and I think Endurance might be around 32. Yeah, yeah. they're both 30. Um, well, fine. Okay, you're all experts. Good job. I don't know about Blood Ting and Blood Ting and Arcane though, because I don't use those stats. Well, Blood uh, Blood Tinge, whatever. I call it Blood Ting. Blood Ting. Blood Blood sounds cooler. Is still 25, and Arcane's still 25. But Arcane and Blood Tinge should both have like Blood Tinge should have at least 12, I think, if you want to have any kind of success with using the different guns. I've I just picked the pistol and I never swapped it out for anything yet. Oh, really? I don't really know why. Uh, I use the cannon sometimes. And then I use Ludwig's is, rifle. Yeah, I use the blunderbuss, I use the cannon, and on my uh, second character, I use Evelyn. I might start using Evelyn now. What is really what's got it. Evelyn? I don't even know. Evelyn's like the blunderbuss, but uh, it's got a tighter cone. Oh, I like the sound of that. Yeah, that sounds good. Nothing wrong with a big, tight cone. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I mean, it, it, uh, do do the guns start to do like substantial amounts of damage? Because it feels the like for me does. they're just a parry. Like the cannon the, can, the cannon but it, it takes ten bullets. Oh, okay. It takes it takes ten bullets, but here's what you do: you use your blood bullets, right? Um, and it, as long as you use the blood bullets, like if you get five, you get twenty five shots. You can use them again. I never um, shoot anything though. I'm just get, like you whatever. Get twenty shots. The, the cannon is great. To stagger the bosses and get viscerals on the bosses, which is how I've been dealing with everything in the second half of the game. I feel like Ludwig's Holy Blade is so good that I just I never have to shoot anything. I just charge up and most enemies just fall. So do you use yeah. it? No, no, no. I use I use Ludwig's too, and that's it's really good for that. But I I feel like we're doing a bad job describing anything in the game. We're just talking about it like everyone knows already. Well, they so, should. So Bloodborne is a game. <laughs> it's Aaron, oh. this is so this is so easy. Um, it's like what's a game? It's like uh, it's like Dark Souls with a with a horror aspect, and it does something that I really um, kind of enjoy. And I I would always compare this to Game of Thrones, and I think I've probably talked about this before, so I'll make it real fast. But Game of Thrones is the kind of thing where if you read that in high school, that was something that like other people would make fun of you or beat you up for. Like it's just it's dorky shit, but. Um, when the TV show came out, and the books do this too, really, but but people would just disregard the books. But basically, um, it does this amazing job of starting as one thing, and then by the time it finishes, it's a completely different thing. So it starts as this like political intrigue show, and then by the end of the first season, there's dragons. And then you go a season further, and there's like a lot more magic than there used to be. And you just keep going, and it turns... it. It's still low fantasy, but it just kind of gets higher and higher to the point where I know that if I showed someone an episode from the last season of Game of Thrones, they never would have watched it. But they, if they start from the beginning, they just slowly get tricked into it. And, um, and I really admire that. I really admire that they tricked a bunch of people who would have beat me up for liking something so nerdy. They tricked them into like obsessing over this super geeky show. 
And Bloodborne kind of does something similar where it takes what is arguably the the nerdiest of all types of horror and uh, kind of slowly works you into it um, with this with this guise of almost being like a Castlevania game. But I mean, by the end of the game, it is almost certainly not a Castlevania game. In I showed a, in any I showed sense a, of the imagination. <laughs> I showed Lucio a screenshot of where I was at on this boss. So, uh, and he asked me. So for the people in the podcast, I'm the one that's <laughs> furthest behind. So he, because he Amazon asked, fucked he, up my order. He, he asked me if it's... Um, let it go. So basically, I, basically <laughs> I, well, all, I want, all I want to say is this. All I want to say is I showed Lucio a screenshot of where I'm at in the game, which is right where he's at, and he had to ask if it's even the same title anymore. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> is that the game I'm playing now? <laughs> it, it really is like a huge tonal shift about... Uh, would you say it's the halfway point? I don't know. I think it's even less than the halfway point. I think it's some. I think. I mean, it starts to slowly bleed into to getting weirder and weirder, kind of as you start. Well, once you get the Delorean, it gets really in your face. It gets really in your face. But I think it's actually even further than the halfway point. I think it's closer to two thirds. Yeah, I I would say you're right. I would say that it's um, because I mean, there's still plenty left in the game, but I've noticed the zones have also started to get shorter. The zones have started to get shorter. There's kind of less of them to do at a time. Um. You can run into like a tentacle, a tentacle weirdo pretty quickly though in the cathedral zone. Well, yeah, I showed you guys that in the in our yeah, yeah. in our last video. Yeah, you can you can do it. No, you're right. I'm not saying it doesn't bleed in. I'm just saying it just gets really in your face. But I like I do really like the soul bleed because I think the thing about it. Um, I get. Should we spoil what kind of lore it is? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just... it's a very it's a very kind of Lovecraft lore, right? It deals a lot with old gods and all that kind of shit. Yeah, Cotolo. Um, yeah, Cotolo. Cotolo <laughs> and, and and the other guy, the the, the Yahweh, Shmigel, the Shmigel. Pretty sure it's Yahweh uh, or Yedwa, maybe. Mohammed. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it's a it's a very Lovecraftian lore, and I think what I love so much about it, like I think the great thing about Lovecraft, even though he's a bit of a racist classist asshole, I think the great thing about the lore that he crafted is that it's um, you know, it's so mostly white that people. I, it, well, it's it's so open ended that most that people can really take it and just kind of run with it and adapt it in their own ways, and I think that's what's so great about that specific thing because it's not like vampires, right? It's like if you take a vampire and you fuck it up, people are going to get pissed off. People are going to ask like, "Well, why does why is Twilight a thing? They aren't vampires." Um, but I think if you take Lovecraft, I think if you kind of run in your own direction with it, uh, then you can make something really special and really great. And I think video games so far have kind of done the best job of that because you have. Eternal Darkness, you have Alan Wake, you have uh, Silent Hill, and now you have uh, Bloodborne. And I think what's so awesome about it is Bloodborne really starts with this one thing, which is about blood transfusions, what's called blood menstruation, and there's wolf men everywhere, and, uh, you know, you don't really make the connection right away between werewolves and old gods, but the way they start to kind of leak it into the story, I think, is just really, um, really cool. I mean, I certainly didn't expect, like, a hulking mass to, you know, like, arise from the sea and, and attack me, you know, I mean, or, or like the aliens. I remember the first time I saw the aliens, I was like, what the fuck? What is going on? <laughs> I remember, I remember, I remember I told you in the chat and you were like, it sounds like the game made it back to a five. <laughs> it, it really, to me, I mean, I haven't, I haven't played enough of the, of the brave new world that I'm entering into, but that tonal shift could be enough to win me over and and see past the game's numerous flaws. Um, yeah, I don't know, because I think the tonal shift kind of comes with a bit of a shift in the gameplay mechanics, and 
I'm not sure I'm too comfortable with it. I'll be not curious. Yet. I'll be curious to see what um what my experience is like compared to yours yeah. because I can't think of anything so far that I've really gotten hung up on for very long. I mean, Rom was I mean, I've, I've, Rom was tough, but I knew I was going to get him eventually. Well, I love and I, I loved it. Like I love I love I loved the game so much um, up until and like including Rom. Like I I love figuring out the Rom boss battle. Like that's one thing I don't do. I do do a lot of co op because I really like figuring out the bosses on my own first, and then if I really can't do it, I'll do co op. Um, but like Abriatus today, the daughter of the cosmos, I worked on her, um, I think for two hours until I got her right. And it was very, it's kind of like a lot more rewarding that way because when we did shadows last night, it was actually insulting how fast they went down. Yeah. Um, they went down like chumps. See, I feel, I'm the exact <laughs> opposite. Like I, I, the faster I can kill one of those bosses with a buddy like that, that's perfect for me. I, I, if going against a wall over and over again forever, trying to, uh, you know, break through is, is not my, I don't know. How do you, I know how I play and I know how Jay plays. What about the other two? How do you guys play a Souls I game or Bloodborne? That's what makes. Um, what would you say yeah. your split is? How many bosses do you say you solo? Uh, we'll have. Is that the same for you, Doug? If I, 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 usually, like, I usually co-op a little bit more. I'll usually try it once and then um, I'll usually try and find a partner. Depends on the boss. See, my my method is I go to the zone, I, I, I ding my bell, and I help someone. And, and usually by helping someone, they'll show you where the boss is. And so then I don't have to figure that out. And then um, we'll, we'll beat the boss, and then I know how we beat the boss. And then I'll go back and maybe do that like two or three times, use the points I get to level up, and then, and then finally summon my own buddies, and then we'll go and do it. And okay, so, so I, I, I think this is... Uh... You know, I think you're leading me back to why I'm a little uncomfortable with the with the with the last part of it, um, because in the first part, I feel like for me, working out the zones, it's really kind of a thing of figuring out strategy and nuance and uh, and all that kind of. And I, I really love that, right? Like like no more heroes. I ate up because it was figuring out the boss strategies and how they change each phase. And uh, to me, Bloodborne figuring out the zones and how it's supposed to work it out and being able to explore them and find all the neat armor and all that kind of shit. Um, and like finding the shortcuts for myself and all that. I, I really enjoyed, uh, just trying to do all that stuff on my own and trying to really find all that out. I feel like after you shift into the orange moon phase and get to the new zones, I feel like a lot of them, the new places, uh, discourage that kind of gameplay just because, uh, now everything is like a lot more damaging. Like they hit, a, they hit a lot harder than they have. And there's a lot more environmental hazards, like the place I'm in now or the place I just left. Uh, the nightmare of Mensis. Anytime you're caught out in the open, you're going to start to suffer frenzy damage, right? And frenzy is like this bleed effect that instantly takes away a big chunk of health. And you've got enemies racing at you that will hit you for maybe a third of your bar. I have like 1,100 health right now. Uh, they'll still hit me for about a third of my of my bar. And it feels like I'm really not meant to try and draw enemies out and fight them. Um, you know, in any kind of strategic sense, it feels like I'm just kind of supposed to run and uh, learn where the hazards are through trial and error like that. And, and it feels a little like it's taking away what was so fun about the first part of the game from me, because now it's more like, oh, OK, so this is just intended to kill me flat out instead of letting me leaving me up to my own devices and leaving me to work it out in my own kind of fashion. Um, so I, I guess I guess the feeling I'm getting is that I'm feeling a little robbed here. And not all of the not all of the not all of the final zones are like this. Like um, Upper Cathedral World, I really liked. Um, 
what else do I really like uh, aside from that? Uh, after right after uh, the Nightmare Menses, I really like uh, Merkel's Loft. So all of that's cool. It's just some of the places where you're just constantly damaged, constantly damaged, constantly damaged, and then uh, the longer you fight in any one area, the more fucked you are. Uh, that's kind of like uh, that's not too cool for me. The um, I, didn't you say? Did you say that you're in a zone right now where um, you are invaded, even if you're not using your bell? Well, there's two like there's two like there's the Nightmare Frontier, and then there's the Nightmare of Mensis. Um, and both of those, the Sinister Woman will go ahead and try and summon. And if she can't summon, I think eventually the game will spawn two hunter mobs to mm. chase you anyway. Okay. So, so the point is, you really just have to run and find her as soon as possible and kill her. Um, and in fact, the entire unseen village is like that. It's she's not summoning um, hunters. And she's not summoning other players, but there's a ton of bell maidens who are just going to keep respawning the enemies you kill. So it just it's more kind of like a hide and seek, like just try and run past all this damage all these enemies are doing to you and just find her and kill her as soon as possible. And um, I don't know, it, it, it feels to me like it's lacking a little bit of that more nuanced approach I got to take earlier that I think is part of what got me so addicted to it. Um, I think other than that nitpick, I think everything else is going pretty good. Like, I really like the lore. Um, you know, the armor is fun. I really like the way that the game shifts from this uh, tale of werewolves to this tale of old gods. I really like seeing what happens to the NPC and, and all the fucked up shit and trying to figure out what I can about the story. Like, I still like a lot of the bosses. Uh, some of their patterns are getting a little tired with the big bosses where you just have to roll through them and attack their limbs. Um, but... I just fought one boss that was pretty cool, and uh, I forget his name. It was like Boss of the Nightmare or something, and fighting him was a lot of fun. Michael so Lash. Michael Lash, yeah, that was it. So fighting him was really cool. I really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it would be, for me, I think it's definitely landing at a four. I don't know if it's quite a five. Um, and that's not just because of the technical stuff. There's a lot of... There's a lot of um, uh, the, the deeper you get into the game, the more the cracks start to show in terms of just technical difficulties, I think. I've actually found less technical difficulties as I've progressed through it. I mean, there's still uh, the loading issues. I, 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 I don't know if it's just that I've gotten used to some of the like like framey problems and stuff like that. But um, I mean, the load times are, are so incredibly static, like they don't change. It actually is kind of astounding to me how... Even the smallest zone in the game loads just as shitty as the biggest zone in the game. Like like Bergenworth takes just as long to get to uh, as the <laughs> as Central Yarnum, you know. It wouldn't be a pro. I, I honestly the load fine. I think you said this. The load times wouldn't be as big a deal if you could just go back to the lamp and re and relight it. Yep. 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 That's yep. it. That's what, it's not it's not the it's not the length of the load times. It's the amount of times that the game makes you experience them. And it's easily fixed by allowing you to respawn all the enemies in a zone like you can in a Souls game. And also by allowing you to fast travel directly from the bonfire instead of going back to Central Yarnum every time you want to go to a new place. So let me uh, go ahead and list the problems that I've had in terms of the technical stuff. I never... You know, the, the fast travel stuff and the uh, load times never bothered me. They just never have. Um, but I definitely experience a little bit of framiness every now and then. Um, you know, in an area where there's a lot of uh, enemies or 
or weirdly, if there's like a bit of a jump, if there's like two levels to the area, I can expect the game to stutter a little bit. Um, there's a memory leak issue that stops bosses from attacking, and I've never, like, I never beat my PlayStation running between sessions, and I don't play my sessions for that long. I'll play maybe a couple of hours before I shut it off. So there's no way I should be seeing the memory leak, but I definitely had at least one boss um, who stopped using any of their attack patterns, and I was able to kill them outright uh, without them doing anything. And uh, that's supposed to be an effect of a memory leak, and there's no way that you know my game leaked out. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, what else? Oh, I have flying enemies. Like enemies will just randomly kind of fly through the air in my game. <laughs> so <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, I've, I've haven't run into very pretty much any of those. Other than, of course, the occasional frame skip. Yeah, which is pretty common. I've, I've probably, since it sounds like I'm the one who co-ops the most, I've probably encountered it the most, too, because you're kind of guaranteed to have it. Um, if it, if you... Here's a, here's a helpful tip. If you start co-oping um, and you have, like, two people like you want, then you can fire the silencing blank and your frames will dramatically improve because the game is no longer running the matchmaking in the background. Um, and it doesn't get rid of your guys. They'll stay there until they die. The only reason not to do it is you'll lose another insight. If you, if one of them does die and you have to summon someone back in, you'll, you'll have to spend another insight to do it. Which happens a lot. Cause a lot of people fucking suck. I've encountered some weird people in co-op. There was a guy I joined in with yesterday who, as soon as I got there, he, he gave me the, th- it's, it's called conviction. Do you guys have that emote? Yeah. Um, he, he did that like five times and then he just jumped off a cliff <laughs> and I still, and he did it with conviction. I still don't know what he was. I don't know if he was trying to tell me something or what I had. A, I had another guy who he was, we, encouraging. He was like, you, you can do it on your own. So I, so I told you my, you know, I was going to his world. He lost souls doing it. Like, I don't understand oh. what happened. Okay. Um, I, I hopped into a <laughs> I hopped into another guy's game to help in uh, in Canehurst and I'd never even seen the boss in Canehurst. I, I was kind of wondering where the hell they were. And it's so looking. I, and so I hopped looking. in I hopped in someone else's game and he takes me all the way to the boss store and then he stops and he sends me a message on PSN and he says, Basically I need you to beat the boss. I can't do it. <laughs> And so I'm, I'm like, okay. And I've never even seen this boss well, before. This is gonna be awkward. <laughs> I'm woefully, I'm woefully underleveled. And so I go in. We we go through the fog door, and he just runs into a corner immediately. And so I'm what like, a oh, little bitch. All right, well, let's see what we can do. And so I run up and hit the boss like once, and he he counters me and one shots me. And uh, <laughs> I didn't even didn't even really feel that bad. Did your new friend have some follow-up on PSN for you? He, he didn't. He didn't. I did have another guy who, um, after I got into his game, he added me as a friend on PSN and asked me to join a party for voice chat. And I, normally I wouldn't, but I was like, ah, whatever, let's do it. It was Blood Starved Beast, and if you help people co-op that, a lot of them don't know that they should have antidotes because um, he, mm. he poisons you pretty easily, and that's almost yeah. always what gets you killed. And um, if the people don't know that, it's a problem. So I was like, well, at the very least, I can kind of let him know what our strategy is. And I hopped in and I started explaining to him. He's like, hey, and I I started explaining to him what we're going to do. And he's like, oh, I only speak French. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, that's very helpful. I'm so glad we're voice chatting. (laughs) And uh, we also wiped on that one, too. So you see, I I avoided all these problems by not ever working with anyone. I've actually been co-oping a lot, too. 
I mean, I've had a lot of great experiences too. Um, most of them in the Forbidden Woods where people get lost really easily. And at least like three or four times we've cleared like the entire woods, not because we meant to, but because they don't know where they're going. <laughs> and so we just like wipe out the entire woods. And it's great for me because I get to keep all the souls, even if we wipe yeah, on the boss. Die, yeah. Um, but awesome. but at the same time, like shadows of Yarnum are just such chump change. That well, it didn't, you and I make a pretty good team when we team up. Didn't matter anyway. Yeah, we we Nowadays. we 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 took them out the first time we teamed up. Maybe not so much, but but now we now we're doing pretty good. Well, yeah, because we took it when when we did the Forbidden Woods. Well, first of all, we found that shrine made right away, and we took her out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, shadows went down pretty easily. Um, I did die on Rom, which I don't usually do, but. It sounds like you still got him down anyway. It was a wee bit of a struggle, but I did. I did finally take him down. Yeah, see, because I since I I haven't entered other people's worlds that often, uh, I wasn't used to the fact that my health bar was going to be a lot lower than it usually is. Mm, yeah. Um. So I would have been a, a little bit more careful, but we still got through two phases before I bit it. No, we did. It went. It went pretty well. Rom spite actually bugs out if you have a co-op player. Oh, really? Uh, a lot of times he'll summon the spider, his other like third face and second face spiders early, a large chunk of them, and you, you can just go kill them. You know what? I've noticed that. And I, so if you kill them all, then like his his second and third phase, he only summons like four or five. Because I I helped like three people with Rom, and uh, and I noticed that there were like spiders way off in the distance, and I didn't understand why. Yep, you, you kill him, he won't summon as many the next time. Oh, well, that would have been good to know. Instead, most people don't know that, and so they just go and kill the boss, and then I'm like, well, no, wait, we can make this so much easier. Well, almost, yeah, almost but, every see, time. Anyway, the problem with Rom is a lot of people go straight for Rom anyway, when you can just wait for his little babies to walk towards you and, and take them out. That's that's one boss where I found that um, helping with co-op was actually more of a, a pain in the neck than than doing it. Like it's the polar opposite of shadows. Like shadows is just this really straightforward fight where you just have to dodge correctly and and then you win. But Rom has a little bit more nuance to it, and the problem is a lot of players don't have that nuance, and so they kind of get you they they get themselves killed before you can do anything. I and, feel like a lot of players are just impatient. Like I was trying to yeah. figure out why so many people have trouble with Rom. And I realize it's because people aren't um, taking on the ads and it's because they aren't watching his patterns. And, you know, a lot of these bosses are easily taken out if you just take the time to stand back and watch their patterns. You know, even Bloodstarved Beast. Bloodstarved Beast, it's still good to have antidotes. But if you watch him, then you realize what his uh, motions for poisoning you are. And you realize in kind of the final phase of the battle, he has that poison aura all the time. So what you need to do is just kind of hit and run and that he's going to try and bait you. Um, you know, don't fall for his bait. Just kind of stand back. It's just, it's just observation. And I think that's why, for me personally, that's why I like spending so much time on the bosses because I do actually get to watch what they're capable of, and then after I learn that, I get to fuck them up. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have a similar thing. I think even, well, maybe not. I would say that, I would say that with a co-op partner, I've probably beaten every boss on my first try. But as helping someone else, not that's usually not the case. Like I, we still have to figure it out a little bit and see what what they do, etc. Um, I, I don't know. That, uh, I think I've had pretty good success for taking so many of the bosses on on my own. I've it usually doesn't take me more than five. It usually takes me two tries. I've been getting a lot more on what, on the first try. Like I got reborn on first try. I got Mikalash on first try. 
Um, I I played the original Dark Souls that way, not necessarily by choice, but just because when that game came out originally, um, for the first like month or so, soul signs were just broken. And yep. so you you couldn't summon people even if you wanted to. And so I, I soloed a lot of that game. And um, the experience I had playing the original Dark Souls compared to 2, where everything pretty much worked right, like right out of the gate, is just so wildly different. And, and I absolutely uh, prefer it as a as a multiplayer experience. I think it's a, a lot more fun. I, I think that the people that you run into, like I, I, ret- I told stories about like two or three weirdos, but... At the same time, like I've run into a lot of cool people who have like shown me secret areas and um, you know stuff like that that I I didn't know about and um, yeah, I see all that I still like finding out on my own. <laughs> I've tried I've tried to be a cool dude too and like and like what I do is stuff I definitely comb through every area and I I I leave very helpful notes like people just usually leave aware of ambush, aware of foe. I leave like very detailed notes. Wait, I have like, I have a question. Like, and so on everyone's I've noticed that in Kanehurst there is a female statue that has fallen on the floor. And if you go up to the uh genital area of the female statue, there is a rather saucy little messenger that says something to the effect of, Hey, vagina. And I want to know if you have found that yet. Uh um... I guarantee if you go and you find the statue I'm talking about, there will be a messenger there and he's saying something inappropriate. I mean, that's that's not that weird. Like, I, Oh, I know. I'm um, just curious if you found it. No, I don't think so. Is it the first Dark Souls that has that giant woman? Yes. Yes. I, I always remember there was like a really famous note there that says like, beware huge chest or something like that. <laughs> I think it's like awesome I, uh, huge chest or it's, something. It's amazing how people have found ways to be dirty with these notes. Well, it's it's funny that you would mention Kanehurst because, um, you know, for most of the game that I've been playing, the notes have been pretty helpful. But Kanehurst has got to be like the one time I found a bunch of notes that were just flat out assholeish. Well, and, you should uh, jump off. Trying to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> trying to troll you. There's like, uh, what, what was it? There's one that uh, told me to take a step forward. So I took a step forward and then I was jumped from a guy on top of the bookcase. Like, oh, man. Yeah, I don't know why I like, I like why that is it stuff, though. Why is it? Why, I, I, I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying Kanehurst in particular has all types of stuff. Like, no no other zone. There's no other zone where I found these notes. All the other zones that I've gone to have, found, have like, insanely helpful notes. But I go to Kanehurst, and it's nothing but troll notes everywhere. Try jumping. That's, that's the best note <laughs> in, like, all of Dark Souls. Just try jumping. and just It's l- never right. Just leave it everywhere. I remember, like... um. In Dark Souls 2, I always ran into a lot that's like hidden wall. And, you know, in that game, you hit the wall and it'll it'll reveal the like the secret uh, behind it. And I've I can't even imagine how many walls I actually attacked. in two in two. You, you can't actually hit it to open it. You have to hit a to do it. And so a lot of oh, times that's right. will, they'll troll you by putting the message right next to the wall. And so you can't actually <laughs> hit a you just keep hitting the message and you're like, what the fuck? So, yeah, if, if you want to open no, the door. You have to go offline, open the door, go back online, and then go in the door. Fantastic. That's a game. Anyway, so I, I think I think that um in Bloodborne, um, so on my on my girl, my second character, my skill character, I leave a lot I'm able to leave a lot more messages because I basically play her second. Like I use the first guy to explore and then I play her um to really just kind of get everything right. So I'm able to leave 
notes that are a lot more helpful. And I get the sense that there aren't a lot of people on level with her. Like I get, the, I get the sense that um, she's kind of beyond a lot of people in that particular realm. However, decides what server you're on. Um, Cause she gets healed all the time. Like her notes are, her notes are made fine all the time. Um, like literally, literally I will see a, a note rated fine within five minutes of each other. And that's great. And that's wonderful. Only it, it seems like somehow, despite how many times people are voting her up, um, she's never healed when I need it. <laughs> like just never. I think I had yep. one boss where she was about to die and then she was healed. And I'm like, finally. Um, I, but, I think that's just a coding decision from, from that. They're just like, mm, full health. All right, here you go. People aren't even rating you. They just have it triggering to make it feel like there's there's an online. This is <laughs> this is such a weird side note, and it has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I have to just mention, did any of you guys play the Goat Simulator MMO expansion? No. no. It has, uh, it's very, it's actually pretty good if you like MMOs. Um, it does a pretty good job of kind of sending them up and making fun of them. But in the in the bottom left window of the window, there's a chat box, just like you would see in World of Warcraft or any other game. And it is just going nonstop with players chatting about bullshit <laughs> and nonsense. And I there are several times where people will even talk to you. They're like, hey, Jared, do you want to join my guild? Like, it'll use my screen name and everything. And... I'm, I'm like, I guess I'm ashamed to admit it, but I, I replied to like some of these people and was like, no, I don't want to join your guild. Or, or I think I said, yes, I do want to join your guild. Um, but none of those are real. <laughs> the game, the game is completely offline. There is no online component whatsoever. <laughs> they have just, they have just put in this fake chat and it is so convincing um, no, man, it, I gotta use that. Oh, I'm man, really, I'm actually really impressed how it does not repeat itself. Because um, there are a number of times in that game where I was like, oh, um, <laughs> I, where I really was like asking myself, I'm like, oh, is this is this real? Like maybe this is real. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Yeah. So, so Lucy, you've been pretty quiet. Tell us about some of your Bloodborne experiences. Well, I, I'm a lot further behind than most of you guys. So what what's the last boss you beat? I'm actually fighting um, Paul right now. Oh, I I skipped him, so I haven't. Yeah, even you don't have to do him. Paul. I haven't even gone to get him yet. But you 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 just beat Amelia, right? Yeah, I just beat Amelia. Okay. Ah, hey, you're pretty far. You're already almost caught up. There's only like two more bosses. You're good. You just have to go through Forbidden <laughs> Woods, which is a little bit of a mess. But yeah, that's true. You you just have Forbidden Woods, and then uh you can do Rom. But uh, Forbidden Woods and Bergenwood work will test your patience a little bit. Really, yeah. Bergenworth was easy as fuck for me. Yeah, Bergenworth. I mean, I mean, aside from Bergenworth, Bergenworth is, is short, but the enemies hit hard, and they have a lot of shit they can do to you. Now with Ludwig's R two, I just ran. I just ran through it and opened the gate and opened the door and then called no, in, no, called what, in a stranger to kill the guy. Just the second they see me, I just charge up R two, and then bam, they're pretty much dead. Oh, Doug, you're the best. No, I mean, no, I'm just saying they're they're stuck on. They're actually super easy to beat. The little bug I'm not guys. Talking about, I'm not talking about the fucking flies. I'm talking about the brain suckers. And I'm talking about the oh, giant centipede. One? I'm talking about the giant centipede that lurks out front. Oh, yeah, you just run right past him. <laughs> he's, he's super <laughs> easy to kill, too, because you can sneak out behind him and then if you, get yes, a huge I found that out the off. second time. If you try and take the if you try and take the centipede straight on. He is one of the toughest normal mobs in the game. Oh, of course not. You right. don't take him head on. Hey, now, hey, now, yeah, Bloodborne expert. Unlock, you don't unlock the gate. You don't unlock the gate until after you pass him. No, yeah, you run right past yeah. him and you unlock the gate. 
you can run oh, past him without without unlock. He he won't even see you. Bergamoth's kind of a really short Wait, shitty zone. Wait, if you if you kill him, is he dead for good? No. Oh, because I was gonna say he's still. I I never even killed him. I just I just forgot about him. There's no purpose to kill him more than maybe once. Does he drop something? Should I go back? No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have to go back I mean, to get you, that if wheelchair guy. If you haven't, if you haven't explored the area, um, there's still a ton of uh, wisdoms and that you can get, but. Yeah, I spend a lot of time exploring Cathedral Ward just because I missed most of it. See, I don't understand. I also don't understand your fascination with insight. Like, I, it seems to me like I don't want any more insight. I have enough insight. Uh, I, it's it's uh, it's a mixed bag. I, that's why it's such an interesting mechanic. It's um, so what I what I started doing is I just started preserving my wisdom, especially since I've started running into the uh, the mind players that are around because they can just straight up steal your insight but, but um, why i mean you don't co-op so you have the least reason to keep insight like what is it yeah, what can, is it I getting you, you could, aside from you can, like i can armor. buy a ton of shit yeah i guess that's I true i can buy i can buy i can buy shit that i need to fortify my weapons you know there's armor that you can only buy at the insight vendor there's uh, not very there's, much there's special there's special items that you can get from the do they tell, uh, insight vendor do like they the, sell uh, twin like, shards eventually yes they do t- sell twin shards do they sell chunks no uh they never do Ooh. So that'll probably be patched in, but they don't. They don't have. They don't have chunks. They don't have chunks right now. So I will let you know if they have chunks. They don't. Uh, they never will. Battle unless of it gets patched in. So anyway, Jared, to answer your question, there's a couple of cool things that Insight does in the game. First of all, you can see all the amygdala if you have 40 before you fight Rom. Uh-huh. Right. It's pretty cool. At 99, I hear other cool shit happens. The only bad aspect of having insight uh, at 99, because everyone's, everyone's kind of guessing what the difficulty threshold is for insight. And right now, the working theory is that the only difficulty threshold is 15 insight. So once you have above 15 insight, that's it. The game's harder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bosses are harder, period. Like, so, and you're not going to keep it under 50. I mean, I'm sorry, you're not going to keep it under 15 um, because the game just starts checking insight at you left and right. So it's going to keep floating above the numbers so there's like kind of no point in trying to mitigate it and keep it down like you're saying I'm, you're saying i'm coming up on an area where i'm not because i've never gone over 15 oh you've you've actually never gone over 15 no not not that i can think of oh you big baby uh i like so, friendship <laughs> i like friendship and friends and having friendly times so 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 uh at 99 other cool shit is supposed to happen um like you're able to hear voices and you're able to hear crying babies in the streets the only problem with having that much insight is the frenzy mechanic, because the more insight you have, the more powerful frenzy is against you. Uh, to the point where players are saying that in places like Nightmare Vences, where you're being inflicted with frenzy just from being outside, um, you know, those uh, they're saying that with 99 insight, they just can't do the area because they get hit with frenzy so fast. It just builds up like that. That's like the only the only detrimental effect. Like I, I only have one encounter with friends here where a hand one shot me after picking me up. It was awesome. Give yeah. me the year. How, yeah. how I, much I, in, I, how much I, insight I do you have, Lucia? Um, I'm at eleven right now. What about you, Doug? Uh, I think last time I checked, I had like thirty-five. Oh Jesus! So you have a lot too. I have sixty-one. If I used if I used all of my mad my uh, insane things, I'd probably have about. 70 or 80. I'm, I'm just like, yeah, I, I, I only I use like one 10 or 11, probably. Huh. Well. So, anyway, insight has its uses. Um, 
You know, I don't like having it stolen from me regardless. I don't care. I don't care that it makes the game harder. You just, stealing, stealing's stuff. wrong, and it doesn't even matter <laughs> if they steal. Stealing's wrong. It is, whether you're stealing a, a you know, a, a little cookie, or, or you're stealing, um, you know, a boat, neither one's okay. Right? Even if no, it's, it's not, it's not okay. Don't, don't, don't steal my insight. That's not cool. So you heard it here first. We've been talking so, about this for a while. So, uh. Is there is there another? I, I mean, we're we're past the hour and a half mark. Is there any other One thing that I want to say? Well, we about One that bothers me. Yeah, lay it on us. Why the fuck are we back to the whole consumable Dark Souls uh, healing system? Uh, I don't Demon Souls. Demon Souls. I I don't think it's that bad though. It, it they they drop so many blood vials that it doesn't. I, I do. Really... I would agree with you that Estus flasks are superior, but I think the entire. I think the entire bonfire system is superior. Um, so I don't know. Like, yeah. It's like you know. It, it feels like a step back, to be honest. It, I mean, it, it, it does. It does. And, and I mean, if we're if we're talking about like my overall thoughts on the game and and like where I would score it in the grand scheme of things or in the series, I think I think Dark Souls one and two are probably better games than Bloodborne. Um, I think I prefer both of them over Bloodborne, um, and and may, maybe I'll be odd man out too because I I would say that Dark Souls Two is the best out of all of them. So I haven't played it, so I really can't. Oh, you haven't played it at all? No. Oh, well, it's really good. I was waiting for the uh, the, exp- the new one to come out. The uh, Scholar of the First Thing. Yeah. Well, it came out today. So yeah. Well, you'll no. you'll have to. But I don't play Bloodborne, so. But um, yeah, I would I would rank Bloodborne behind both the Dark Souls but, games. Uh, I did finish uh, both Demons and Dark at least twice. So. For me, it's on par with Demons. Um, maybe even better than Demons. I mean, I, it's, I it's better than Demons in a lot of things. Uh, just yeah. the fact that it doesn't have weight uh, makes it. It takes a lot of the annoyances out of Demons, right? Because mm-hmm. the problem with Demons was that you know. You had like 99 grass, and then you also had like no room to pick up a piece of armor. I don't know. Uh, how, would, how would you rank it out, Doug? Um, I don't know. I haven't beat it yet, but I think I would probably put Dark Souls 2 ahead of it, and maybe maybe Dark Souls 1, but there's a lot I really like about Bloodborne, but yeah, some of the choices they made are are backwards and, and annoying. that's the that's the i think that's the thing and that's what makes a lot of it so upsetting is like it's it's one thing to have like frame loss it's another to have it when it's become such like a, a thing that people expect from your series and then to make matters worse it was something that they pretty much fixed in dark souls 2 like i can't really think of a time that i experienced a really bad frame loss in that game even when i was co-oping um, and I, I, I and I know it's a new platform and next gen and all that stuff and, and so I mean I, I can be sympathetic to that, it. What the fact that um, the bell takes insight even if it doesn't work? Yeah, and, and that's that's exactly the that kind of stuff I'm talking. In Dark Souls. That's exactly the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Is like if you patched it out of another game because people hated it, why would you put it back in a game again? <laughs> like, I don't get that. Why would you do that? It just it it, it doesn't it, it's obnoxious to watch somebody not learn and I and that's what that's what most of Bloodborne's problems feel like is that they didn't learn from the time that they did it before and it didn't work um, and so that that would be my main criticism of the game and that's why I think if and when we finally score it on the site it will probably receive a four. 
I, I think I think it should be I think it should be a four because uh, it does have problems. That's like it just flat out it doesn't matter that you you know you've encountered some of it, so you not know it's this shit isn't being made up, and you see the reports and all this kind of stuff. Um, and the funny thing is, a lot of the issues you guys are talking about don't doesn't faze me because I haven't played the prior the prior game, um, which I think. It's a fair point to mention, just because, you know, if you don't have something, then you're not able to miss it. Like, I don't miss the fast travel because I never had the fast travel. Um, so for the me, first travel wouldn't be an issue like, for me if the loading screens were so long. Yeah, if the load times were better, then that would be fine. Like, there's a trade-off yeah, to I make know, there. I, 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 know, I know I keep hearing that. Uh, I, the, the load times just flat out don't bother me. I might just be a more patient person. Maybe that's less than Bloodborne's giving me that I'm a flat-out I mean, out you, you must person. be a more patient person because you're playing the entire game offline... But with, I'm not playing the entire thing off. Well, you know what I mean, though. Like you're 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 not utilizing the the co-op aspect of it. I mean, a little bit, but um, I I would say that the way that you are playing this game would would probably indicate that you are much more patient than me because I'm just not that patient. Um, I want to go 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 with, with two characters, with two high level characters. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I you know I think that um. I think the game definitely has problems. I don't mind hard game design when the hard game design is consistent. And I feel like in the last third of the game, there are a couple of inconsistencies with their um, game design. And, you know, I don't, I know that there's some huge, some kind of weirdly protective fan base around souls. It feels to me like there's a difference between very smart difficulty mechanics and cheap difficulty mechanics. And it feels like a lot of, a lot of Bloodborne, like I would say a good, 75, 80% of the game is smart difficulty, and I say, would say kind of in the last part of the game, they have a couple of cheap difficulty moments. Yeah, I mean, with, I, I'm not there you yet. Would, so you you know, would know, so... You're, you're the only <laughs> one take who, your word for it. who knows right now. No, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm very curious as to what you think, because you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't, you know, I feel like, I definitely feel like the game... I mean, that's that's something that's, um, and, and again, maybe maybe it's something that won't bother us as much having the, the past experience with the series, because I think every game has had that thing where you're just like, this is fucking bullshit. Like, I, I think of the um, archers right before Ornstein and Smo. I mean, shit, mm-hmm. Ornstein and Smo too. But like the archers are that specific like cheap bullshit thing where like if you just if you didn't run right past them immediately as fast as you could, you would die. And even if you did do that, there was still a good chance that you would die. I know that both of you know what I'm talking about because yeah. because you both died there, probably probably multiple times. And so and so like it's just something that I kind of expect a little bit. Um, but we'll see how bad it is because. I don't know. Here's here's maybe my final so, thought so on just because just because just because you expect it, you would forgive it. A, a little bit. Um, I think it's part of the. I, 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 I think, think I think getting cheesed by the game is kind of part of the charm of the series. Like to some degree, uh, I don't. I it's don't, it's I don't, the I same don't. reason why I admire a note that says "jump here" when there's nothing there and you die. Um, it's just kind of in the spirit of this game. Yeah, but that's that, like that's like that's, a, like, that's another player you. trolling you. That's like a, that's another that's another player deciding that. Yeah, that's another player being a player. Yeah, but it's totally a, it's a system that deliberately facilitates that, right? Like it deliberately allows you to be trolled by other people, and I, I think that's the intent: is that sometimes it'll be helpful, but there are going to be times where it, where it's not. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, I I thought that that part in Dark Souls as an example was bullshit, but at the same time, like it wasn't so much bullshit that I stopped playing. And and maybe that would be my final like comment on Bloodborne for me personally is even up to my current point in the game, there have been points that I got to where I was like, "Oh my god, fuck you, you stupid game." And I and I quit out and I turned it off and I was like, "I'm going to do something else with my night." And after like maybe a half hour, I start thinking about it and I'm like, God, what if I tried this? And then I go online and like I look at a video and watch someone else do it. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even think of that. And then before I know it, I'm playing the goddamn game again, even though it, it, it had just like made me rage quit 20 minutes earlier. I have dreams about Bloodborne. Like I go to sleep and I th- and I dream about weird shit in Bloodborne. Um, and not a lot of games get into my head like that. So so I admire that it that it does. Um, but, but rage quitting is kind of part of it for me. Like that's, that's part of, yeah, but I think, I think there's a difference, you know, so far every point that I rage quit on before this portion of the game so far, at least with those things, I realized that when I've taken a deep breath and gone back to it, I could still, you know, if I were just to keep my head and not get, uh, too excited and just, and just be patient and just watch things and learn the little tricks and nuances of the level, then I feel like, okay, now I can do a much better job. I just don't feel that from these beta these moments. They just feel flat out cheap. You know, it, it, that's just the feel of them. And it, it doesn't matter if I walk away. It doesn't matter if I go and do something else in the game and I come back. It's still cheap. And I think that's my problem with it. And, you know, I think from a scoring standpoint, you know, and, and look, listen, the, the, the score the score is always kind of like, your, the review is kind of like your despite the fact I hate this term for journalism, it's still kind of like your subjective opinion, right? So at the at the end of the day, the review is part of your opinion. So if it's your opinion that, yeah, the cheapness is part of it, then that's fine. I just think in, in general, like in a general sense, and this is in terms of all video games and all video game design, um, if something in the game doesn't work, if it doesn't mesh with all the other perfectly laid out elements, then I don't think that gets to be rewarded, and I don't think it gets to be ignored. And that's kind of like why, and that's the same thing that happened to me with GTA Five and GTA Online, where I was like, if I had known about GTA Online before I scored five, five would have definitely gotten a four. And it's the same thing with Saints Row Four. As much as I love Saints Row Four, with all the glitches and everything, I just could not look past it. I said this game has definitely earned its four. There are certain things I think that you know go into the criteria of the game uh, that just has to be honest, and it doesn't it doesn't matter kind of uh, how beloved is. And I I think what you're saying what you're saying about it is that there's some there's something that never made you quit playing Bloodborne. And there's something that never made me quit playing Bloodborne. Um but my enthusiasm for it, my enthusiasm that made me go and roll a second and then a third character and really take apart the mathematics of the game and really want to stay and watch bosses and all that kind of shit. My enthusiasm was diminished by those by those zones. Like mm-hmm. it's just not the same enthusiasm anymore. And I think that's a huge indicator. Like, I still want to finish it. I still want to see where I go. Um, but, but after well, it, it could totally. Point, I mean, I haven't played it, so I, I don't know. It could, it could totally go that way for me and 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 destroy the the morale a bit. Um, but I guess what 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 I'm trying to communicate is that there have been lots of times in the past where this series has like cheesed me pretty much, and. Um, and it's almost just something that, and, and like I said, I mean, maybe maybe it, it shouldn't be forgiven that I've come to expect it, but like, I don't know, it just it doesn't bother me anymore when when the game takes a really cheap shot at me, and, and even like a lot of the parts I'm talking about, they arrive in a similar place where like you've gone halfway through the game without a really dramatic problem, and then all of a sudden you get to a zone where you're just getting wrecked left and right, 
um, for for what appears to even Dark Souls Two has it with that. Um, maybe everybody else would have a different example, but there's this cave you go to, and everybody spits poison at you. Um, it's like this. It's this cool looking like underground glowy cave, and oh my god, it's just it's it's just it's exactly what you're talking about. Where like it just feels cheap when you get there, <coughs> and and makes you so angry. Um, but it's just also just it's kind of like well, it's, it's, it's Dark Souls. Yeah, you, I mean, you I, silly I, guy. Like, what a joke. Honestly, story. honestly, it just sounds like Cheney's too good. Good. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm we'll see. Than, we'll see. There's, I'm, better, I'm better than any of you because I've beaten, I've beaten uh-huh. all the two all, bosses without co-op. I don't know. All, all three of us. Is, so, all three like, of us are going to go this, through it, and, this, and it sounds this, like this, it sounds like this, all of us play. It sounds like all of us play in different ways. I can't beat Amelia. The important thing no, is that we so can all I, agree I, it's I will a four. Say, that actually does remind me. I will say one thing about this that I, I do particularly like. I do like that not everyone has the same experience in terms of it, in terms of, like, I'll, I will read forms and bosses that are really hard for some people are actually really easy for me. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. I will, I will see people, people have been telling me, oh, yeah, Bloodstrap is easy. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? It took me five times to drown. So, um, Bloodstrap is a bit previously. I bit, uh, I beat the first one, uh, the Chalice, whatever, the Clerical Beast, pretty easily. I'm even... Uh, Gascon gave me some problems, but I beat him. But Gascon Amelia, for some reason, bad. just couldn't. Man, Amelia's yeah, rough. See, see, see with, me, with me, it was the exact opposite. Bloodstar Beast, I was stuck on forever. Uh, Amelia, I got her, like, my third try pretty easy. I, I've... But, but that's the thing. I think, that, I think, I think, every, I think, I, I think at least with the bosses, you know, I think that's nice that everyone has a different experience with them. It's interesting because there's an inconsistency among the players where they're like, someone will be like, oh, this boss was cake. And someone else will be like, oh, it was super hard. And I think a lot of that ties into how differently all the weapons behave and just how varied all of your builds can be. Um, Because we can we can be playing like completely different characters and and have a completely different feel, too. But what's interesting on top of that is like I've experienced those conflicts just even by myself. Like the first time I did Blood Starved Beast, I had him down to like one hit and it didn't even really feel like that big of a deal. And then I died because I didn't have an antidote out. And I never got that close ever again by myself. (laughs) Like I I did it like three more times and never even got that close again. Wow. Like, I beat all of the bosses by myself until I got to Amelia, and then, like, I got close a couple of times, but then she healed. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. So I just called, like, I I did a summoning, and it went down in less than a minute. Yeah, I I did a minute. I do want to, I I think, you know, you mentioned the builds, and I I do want to say that's another great point because. With my two characters, I've had two very different experiences. Like so, so in the general sense, uh, my skill character, the female, she's uh, she's clearing a lot of content faster because I know exactly what to do now. But man, she has such a hard time on bosses that were easy on my strength character. Um, and alternatively, she actually has a very easy time on bosses that were hard for him. So, uh, which is a Tamway Guard example, like which is the first time on my on my strength character. Had a terrible time with her. I beat it instantly. Um, all hunters on the skill character I can beat much easier. Um, you know, there's certain bosses I'm fighting now with my strength character. I'm saying, oh yeah, the second I take my skill character with her threaded cane and her uh, her little pistol sword thing, this this fight's going to be much easier. So I, you know, I, I think that's nice how uh, 
how even in your builds it can change the difficulty of the game a little bit based on what you're gearing towards. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely uh, report in on on how much uh, how much trouble it gives me because we're we're in like totally different places. Like, I'm sure our builds are different, but then on top of it. Um, I have less than 15 insight, so am I going to have the same level of difficulty that you had in these zones? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm genuinely curious to find out. So, um, we've, maybe, we've, maybe, maybe I should empty out all my insight and start summoning other players. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I if, like, you, if, you're, if you're at a point, if you're at a point where you're like, "Fuck this game," then maybe just try to try time well, to not, try I'm and not, do the I'm game not differently. Stuck or anything? That's the thing. See, if I were stuck, if I were really stuck on it, then I'd change my tactics. But I'm not stuck i just feel like you know the knife. these two and, and i'm not even i'm not even targeting the whole game i'm just saying these two zones feel out of place the whole rest of the game so far fine but you know and i'm really excited to see what happens with uh next with ariana and and uh and what's going on with her and yeah i don't oh, know man and we're gonna get some dlc too and these from guys they make the best dlc and now that we've now that we've cracked the hp lovecraft old god uh bottle like that should that should carry on in that dlc i think so we're probably going to get some some sweet treats later on anyway we're we're going to hit like the two hour mark in a second so let's go ahead and close out our longest podcast to date all it took was a little bit of bloodborne to to get us riled up and flavors we did talk about do you guys remember when we were talking about flavors those were the days i didn't know that banana soda yet so if you haven't yet follow us on facebook twitter we're the enemy slime on both of those services um, we just set up our Twitch account today. I'm going to start messing with that a little bit during the week. So maybe next week I'll have something to report there. Um, but you can go follow us there now if you want. Not a lot of reason to, but you can do that. Um, yeah, anyway, go check out our website, enemieslime.com. Send us an email, all that shit, whatever. And I think with that, we are out.